Imagine you're watching BBC Breakfast with Dan and Louise. You're watching in your kitchen and as you're watching, you realise that there hasn't been any mention of death. There hasn't been any talk of unemployment or recession. No talk of evil, hatred, injustice. No mention of death. Doesn't that just sounds too good to be true. Maybe you're someone here this morning who thinks that about Jesus. That it all just sounds a bit like a fairy tale. It's something for the kids to enjoy, but as an adult, you couldn't possibly be confident and be certain about Jesus. But the Bible says otherwise. It says that we can be confident. Luke, this morning, shows us that Jesus is the one. He's the answer to the question being asked. Take a look down at chapter 7, verse 20. Now, we'll have a look at this passage more in depth next week. But here's the question for our series in four in Luke. Are you the one? Are you the one? Can we be 100% sure that Jesus is the answer, that he's the one that we need? And as we'll have, see this morning in Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 1, we see that Jesus is the one, the one who came to rescue us from death. So let's take a look at the evidence together. So here's our big idea. Jesus is the one who came to rescue us from death. And as we'll see, he can prove it. Follow along with verses two to three with me. There was a centurion servant whom his master valued highly, who was ill and was about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders to ask him, asking him to come and heal his servant. So as Jesus heads into town, there's this centurion who sends for Jesus. This is a man whose servant, verse two, who he values very highly, he loves Well, he's about to die. And the centurion has heard about Jesus, the miracle worker. Now, that isn't really a surprise. In chapter six, we see that Jesus's popularity is is really high as Jews from near and far come to him as he heals the sick, the blind, the lame, the deaf, and as he talks like no one else. Well, now it's the turn of the centurion to come to Jesus. And he's not a Jew. He's probably not a Roman either. He's a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, someone who's outside of the Jewish nation and he's working for Rome. But we find out that he's got a great respect for the Jews. And showing respect, he sends the Jewish elders to Jesus. And they say, verse four, when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves you have had to have you do this because he loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. The centurion had great respect for the Jews. And the respect was mutual. Even though he's not one of them, even though he's working for the enemy. And so Jesus goes with them. But the centurion sends word 
The servant has died. It's game over. Well, not quite. Look at what the centurion says in verse 6. Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes, and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. The centurion is a man with authority. He told his men to go and they would go. He told his men to do and they would do. The centurion knows authority because he has some. But more than that, the centurion understood that Jesus is the one with absolute authority. Did you notice verse 6 how he calls Jesus Lord? Not just Lord of the manor, but the Lord of life and death. The Lord God who has come to rescue and save people from death. And that reminds me of another army man. Well, you join me in the nearby village, the church building of my old church family, France Church. And we're here because the centurion reminded me of an old friend. Next to me is the plaque for Colonel John By. He had lived in the village and he's buried in the village. Like our centurion, Colonel By was an army man, a man of great authority, a man with many great achievements in his life. He'd been sent out by the king to go build the city of Ottawa. Part of that city is named after him. He's got a school named after him and he was loved by his family. This plaque and the tomb outside is still visited by Canadians today. This man is a man who had everything in life. But listen to what is written on his sign. Colonel John By, he resigned his soul to his maker in the full reliance on the merits of his blessed Redeemer. John By was a great man, deserving of great respect for all that he had done. But ultimately, these two army men had found that the answer, the greatest achievement in life, well, that is to know Jesus. That is why the centurion in our passage said, I do not deserve. He knew that he didn't deserve to have the Lord Jesus come to his house. But he also knew that the Lord Jesus didn't need to come to his house. Verse 7, Jesus, say the word and my servant will be healed. Lord Jesus, use your authority. That is faith that rescues from death. A faith that should make us think and contemplate about our own faith in Jesus. 
Amazed, verse 9, Jesus said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. It is the one from outside of Israel who is the one that really gets it. Lord Jesus, I do not deserve. Say the word. And with no medicine, just a word from a distance, without even seeing the servant. Verse 10. The men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Jesus proved it, proved it. Historical eyewitness evidence that shows us and proves to us that Jesus is the one. He is the answer who came to rescue from death. God's amazing king and his kingdom is one that will go to the ends of the earth. Jesus' kingdom wasn't just for the Jews. God's rescue plan is for all nations. That's shown by the fact that the centurion wasn't a Jew. All peoples. Faith has no gender or racial gap. Jesus is the answer for all people. The one who comes to rescue from death. We simply have to respond to the evidence in faith. So Jesus is the one who came to rescue us from death. But can he prove it more? Well, verse 11 to 17 says, yes. Soon afterwards, Jesus heads to another town and he's followed by his friends, the disciples and a great crowd. And as they come into town, they see a funeral, verse 12. On seeing this sad event, well, what does the hero do? Verse 13, when the, Lord saw his, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Jesus saw the funeral and the mourning mother and his heart goes out to her. He has compassion on her grief. Maybe you feel like that sometimes when you see a hearse driving along St. John's Road. Your heart and your prayers go out to the family in the car behind as they go to the funeral. But we're powerless to help the grief. But not Jesus. He has the authority and the power. He says, don't cry. Verse 14. Jesus went up and he touched the bier they were carrying him on. And the bearer stood still. He said, young man. I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. We have a great faith in modern medicine and in the NHS. From my five-year-old son to my 69-something-year-old father, they all require medicine. See, we put our trust in doctors and in medication. We see that the evidence, the asthma inhalers and painkillers, that they work and we trust it, we take it. And how much we're hoping for medicine to come through for us now. 
But actually, medicine is not the answer. It's really very simple. We do not have the power to save ourselves from death. But Jesus, he has proven that he is the answer. The Bible tells us that he's the one that we need. The Bible promised that the answer to death and sickness and this broken world was coming. Luke and the Gospels announced that he has come and he has proved it. A Christian does not have blind faith. We can have a confident, certain faith because of the historical evidence written down for us. Young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man got up and started to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. That is utterly amazing. As Jesus lovingly passed the son back to his crying mother. He must be God if he can make the dead rise. And that's what we've been thinking about all morning. Jesus is the one who came to rescue us from death. He has proved it. And we can believe it. Jesus shows us what he came to rescue us from. All that is wrong and broken within this world. Death defeated by Jesus. And he proves that for himself, most obviously at the end of Luke's eyewitness account. Maybe you'd like to go away from this gathering and read Luke chapters 23 and 24 for yourself. Ultimately, in our passage this morning, it is the centurion who shows us the right response to Jesus. He confidently knew that Jesus was the one. But he also knew that he didn't deserve Jesus. Jesus is the Lord God. Who deserves God? But confident that Jesus is good. Just say the word. The only way that we can be made right with God is to call out to Jesus. Confident that he is the answer, the one who has authority over life and death. One out of one faces death, and Jesus is the answer. He is the one who came to rescue us from death. He has authority over it. He has compassion to give you life. What an amazing saviour. What an amazing rescue. Let's pray together. Awesome Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to rescue us. We thank you that he has power, authority and compassion. We ask that you give us confidence and faith in who Jesus is. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.